Welcome to 1991 Movie Rewind, the podcast where we watch and review every movie released in 1991. From the all-time greatest classics to the critically panned and everything in between. We'll rediscover forgotten fan favorites and uncover hidden gems as we explore the depths of direct-to-video. Join us in our celebration of the fun, unique, and diverse films of this highly underrated year. This week, we watched Sweet Poison. This is John, and thank you for joining us on 1991 Movie Rewind. Sweet Poison tells the story of the prisoner Bobby Sams, played by Stephen Bauer, who escapes from a bus crash and abducts a husband and wife to help him escape. The couple's relationship is already on shaky ground, and Charlene, played by Patricia Healy, seems to be enjoying the crimes Bobby forces her to commit a little too much. Screenplay by Walter Klenhard, directed by Brian Grant, and released on June 12, 1991. Have you heard or seen of this movie before? No. I I do nothing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Even working at a video store, I I knew nothing of this movie. I don't know how wide of a release it got. We watched a version that was had a copyright of nineteen ninety six on it. I'm not sure if that's just a re release or if that's the main time it was released on home video. Uh, I don't know. Like, was it made? Was it a TV movie or was it? It's possible. Straight to video. It's possible. It's, it's listed on IMDb as a TV movie. It's I saw just, one mention online of it being made for USA. Yeah, it was on USA Up All Night, May twenty second, nineteen ninety two. Mm-hmm. But. Someone else, um, there's very, very little information about this online. Yeah. Really tough to find anything on there. Th- there is, um, I think, one other resource that claims that it was made for USA, sort of like The Perfect Bride was. Mm. But if that's the case, and this is definitely the unrated version. Well, I guess it's an R-rated version, but it's it's not what was seen on TV because there are there's titties some, in here. Well, there's some new, like... I don't remember if there's swear words, though. Um, the violence is sort of tame. I don't think it's they TV did. ready. I, I don't yeah, think all they it's just the nudity, but yeah. they could totally edit that out. Yeah, or or shoot alternate takes or something to put on TV for a couple of those scenes. Yeah. So I don't know. It's tough for me to know because we don't have the TV guide for this time period. If we did, then we would be able to reference that. Um, and I, I, I have a feeling that some people mistake it appearing on USA Up All Night to mean it was released for on the USA specific, Network. Yeah. yeah. Like it was made for that. So tough to say, but there is a specific release date of June 12th, 1991. So maybe it did premiere on USA. Just not for USA Up All Night. Right. And then it just got put on USA Up All Night a year later. I think it showed twice overall. Yeah, I think that's what they do. Yeah, they, they kind of they like space it out re-show. a couple. Yeah, yeah, after a couple of years, they'll reshow a movie. Like Virgin High, I think showed like three or four times, and mm-hmm. Vegas in Space, I think showed three or four times, and this showed twice. Mm-hmm. But I mean, USA Up All Night 
ran for years. So oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's only so many movies. You might as well get the rights to show something multiple times and take advantage of that. I was surprised by this movie. I don't know. We should probably say that, like, if anybody watched or listened to the podcast from a couple weeks back, we said we were going to watch Deadly Desire. Uh, that didn't happen because the streaming services actually do not have that 1991 movie on that. All the info is for 1991 Deadly Desire, but it's actually a 1970s movie called Deadly Desires with Sally Field. Um, so we use this as our swap movie. We, we found a cheaper VHS because Deadly Desire on VHS is like $30 and this was like six bucks. So we uh, we swapped out some stuff and I think we probably upgraded even without seeing Deadly Desire. I think we probably got the better end of the bargain. Yeah, no? this movie is like early Hallmark, I guess. Oh. <laughs> you mean in terms of like suspense yeah like, i'm thinking of like my stepson my lover i don't remember all of that to be honest with you oh so, okay but i, I that, didn't find it to be super super cheesy though the way the hallmark movies are i mean yeah my stepson my lover is laugh you can laugh at that this yeah. is not there's some points where i was laughing yeah yeah it was, there's a it's couple like very few this is very uh serious <laughs> it's trying to be a serious movie i mean it's not bad at all no it's not it's i i liked how it ended and everything <laughs> there's some like unresolved subplots but that's about it um i think some of the acting could be better but it's a low budget movie and i don't know how much direction they got in terms of the acting to really help their performances. Uh, the director of this is primarily a music video director, so doesn't have to deal with dialogue. He's dealing with lip syncing virtually all the time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's, there's that aspect of it. But you have solid actors, for the most part, in these roles. So I think, yeah, the script could have been a little bit tighter, but, I mean, in general, I mean, I thought it was a better constructed plot than something like Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man. Okay. I, it wasn't as good action-wise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the action in this is... Eh. It's few and far between. I mean, they have a really good fight scene at the end in in the house. You know, they're really breaking stuff up and throwing yeah, people across the room and everything. Yeah, I think at everything. the end when... So that's good. When the cop comes in and she shoots him through the sheets. Yeah. That yeah. that was cool. <laughs> Not cool, but I mean that was interesting to see. Yeah. It's just the some some of the other ones kind of made me laugh, or I was like, "All right, why?" Like did him that... rolling down the hill. Yeah, him rolling down the hill. I was like, "How does he not have like a concussion, or like a broken anything?" Yeah. Cause he just, um, and by him we're talking about the husband. Yeah, the husband. <laughs> well, he just lays there for. They think he's dead. Well, the Bobby shoots Adam. Doesn't actually shoot him. Yeah, he shoots him from at the top of the hill because he doesn't want to also fall. Yeah. And so he's shooting at him. Well, doesn't he's see Henry get up, and so he just assumes, yeah, we're. Good. He's like, okay, he's dead, but 
he just laid there for however long and then just automatically just gets up and walks away. And exacts his, you know, plans his revenge from that moment. Right, he plans his revenge right then and there. And I was like, how are you, like, coherent after that? Uh, I mean, plot. Yeah, Yeah, I know, but but it's just like, show some limping. I don't know, I just... (laughs) Yeah, they show, like, a cut on his head, and that's about it. He's a little dazed for a minute. The, yeah, this isn't an action movie. It is meant to be an erotic thriller. There's not a lot of eroticism in there. No, not really. But it's... There's, like, one scene. There's, like, a a tease of it, I guess. You know, like, you start off the movie very early on with a sex scene. That's, I think, the first shot, virtually, is, like, her straddling him. Well, the first, very first shot is a woman walking like their toddler or something. Oh yeah, it's outside of the neighborhood. It's in the neighborhood and then it like pans into the house and it's them like having like the end of them having sex and it's just like really (laughs) weird. Because you hear moanings and then like you get to see what's happening and like there's no motion at all. It's just him (laughs) like like, massaging her head while she's on top of him. It's like I got it. They're done. And she's moaning. But yeah, it was like silk stockings, like suspense, sexy music in the background. Yeah, yeah. Like this is supposed to be sexy. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, you got like the the backlit shot of you know. Eh, but yeah, the it's like naked bodies or whatever in twilight hours. You know, it's meant to be artistic, tasteful, sexual. It's it's difficult because you have Edward Herman as the man. In the scene. Yeah. <laughs> you don't Henry. want to see him do anything <laughs> sexual, like, ever. He's, I mean, he's, like, I don't know how old he was in this. Maybe, like, 50s, 40s? Really? I don't know. I mean, he had been doing stuff since, like, the mid-70s, and we're talking 1991 now, 15 years later. Like, in, okay, he was Emmy-nominated in 1976 and 1977 for playing Franklin Delano Roosevelt in a couple of TV specials. So he had to be old enough to play FDR in the mid-70s, and now we're talking 15 years later after that. Okay. I don't... I just... I'm wondering how old he was in the Gilmore Girls, then. I'm not sure. I mean... I know he's the grandfather. Yeah, he he was in Gilmore Girls for, like, 154 episodes. He's he's had a long, long long-storied career. Tony winner for Mrs. Warren's Profession... I don't remember when that was, unfortunately. I didn't write that down. <laughs> and he has an Emmy win for a guest spot on The Practice. Um, also, I mean, I nominated for St. Elsewhere a couple times. But you probably know his face if you're familiar with TV cause, or movies because he's just in a bunch of stuff. He's a well-known character actor, but he's not hes not a sexy good dude. No. Even when he was, like, the love interest in... The Lost Boys, I was like, <laughs> yeah, this fucking guy? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know it's like Diane Weist. <laughs> but still, it's it's not who you like, immediately You have a crush of. on this dude? It's not who you would think of to be cast in an erotic thriller, if you want to categorize it that way. 
Meanwhile, you have Patricia Healy, who's like 25 years old or something like that at this time. It's her film debut, and, you know, she's... Okay, he was like 48 when this movie okay, was. Okay, so I was close. So like yeah. late 40s. Okay. I was within the right range. Uh, but yeah, you have Patricia Healy, who's like, you know, half the age. Mm-hmm. And I know that's part of the dynamic of their relationship, is that he thinks that she's only interested in him for the money, and um, it's true, <laughs> so yeah even though she says that she's because okay well billy is bobby oh bobby <laughs> billy's the brother billy's his brother which we see for like five the minutes scene at the end bobby is like an escape an escaped convict uh-huh. and he like he happens upon them because he's escaping and then he wants to go well initially he wants to go to Mexico but he makes like when he finds them he wants to go through um like a checkpoint like a security checkpoint mm-hmm. like he just kind of puts a gun to their head along with his you know sidekick at, at that time with Jimmy because those were there was like four men in this bus like they were going from a prison to another prison yeah it's some sort of prison transfer that involves just four prisoners and then uh, two like two or three guards yeah on the bus itself and boy was that a weird sequence (laughs) i mean so you have one guy bobby he's trying to escape right he's like trying to cut his no, it was one it was of the another... guys who dies. Oh, one of the other. It was it was like the curly haired prisoner. Okay. And he was going. He was trying to use the wire from the back seat of this bus, um, to break free his, his either chains. break free his handcuffs or just to straight up stab Bobby one or the other. But anyway, he gets the wire out and then like, Jimmy says, "Hey, look out, Bobby," or whatever, and then like the guards. Well, meanwhile, the guards are, like, pouring coffee for each other. Yeah, it's like, hey, can you give me some of this coffee? While they're driving on... Like a cliff. A steep, curvy cliff. In their (laughs) construction site. Yeah. And so they get distracted when the attack happens. The coffee spills on the driver's lap. He turns the bus and whatever. Yeah, the bus falls on this cliff. And rolls over a bunch of times and... Like, the driver is dead. Most likely. We don't see for yeah, they sure. Don't, we're assuming. We see one cop escape. We see three of the four convicts get out of the bus. Bobby, Jimmy, and then a third one. Uh, this this black one. And that's the one that the cop kills, kills in cold blood. Shoots his leg first. And then, you know, the guy's like, like I'm sorry, I'm not going to, I can't run anymore. Escape, like, yeah. I, I give up, whatever. And then he gives a little smile and just shoots him and that's that's the main cop that we follow throughout the uh the story from there on coil yeah so i mean of course but but jimmy and bobby get away after like a little bit of a struggle or whatever and i think they have a little bit of a fight with uh with coil and take his gun as part of their escape Mm -hmm. but boy are those handcuffs very they're very mobile in those handcuffs. They yeah, have a very long leash. They're those long ones. But also super thin, too. Yeah. They look like bracelets or necklaces. Yeah, if you're super strong, you can probably just break your hands apart like this. Or you can get something 
easily and put your arms around like a metal rod or something and try to like pull. Yeah, it and, shouldn't be too hard to snip. Yeah. In the movie, they use a hacksaw, which right. is not necessary. Yeah. <laughs> but whatever. But yeah, they commandeer. Well, you know, you have Charlene and Henry. They're on their way to Henry's father's funeral. And they stop at some diner, and that's where Bobby and Jimmy are, and that's where they commandeer their vehicle, basically. And then, yeah, it's it's a very short scene with Jimmy and Bobby sort of giving them directions, and Jimmy's like the loose cannon type, he's, you know, the unpredictable one, and then Bobby is more of like the leader, calmer guy who's trying to tell Jimmy to settle down and don't be so aggressive, and all this kind of stuff and there's a little bit of infighting or whatever yeah so in the diner when Charlene goes to the bathroom this is like a weird scene when she gets up she walks past and like every man just stops and turns and looks at her yeah I'm just like okay and then also she's like you know she's so sexy yeah a pure sex symbol but um when she's in is that the bathroom that had the weird it had weird neon lights yes like around the perimeters of like the doorways of the stalls yeah like on the support beams of the stalls which i've never seen before yeah it definitely seems like a very 80s hazardous thing yeah yeah what if you touch it (laughs) yeah what if it breaks somehow yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a Cadillac. <laughs> I've never seen that before. It's a fifties Cadillac Jacks diner, and so yeah. I think they're trying to play off of that with the neon. But yeah, very dangerous setup with the bathroom there. Anyway, they're they're arguing about how she wants to get a different house, um, and he's saying, "Well, we don't have any money because my dad's inheritance is all gone. The IRS is taking it all. You know, there's tons of tax debt that I didn't know about, and so we." All we have is what I make for my current job now. Which is whatever he does, like... He's a pharmaceutical rep. Yeah, farm rep. But those guys make a lot of... Well, they make good money. Yeah, but he doesn't have the empire of his dad's retail business. Yeah, we didn't even know what his father did until the very end of the movie. Basically. We knew he was in some sort of a business at different locations. Yeah. Because when they're driving to the diner... Charlene's like, hey, isn't that one of your dad's stores? And, and Henry's like, yeah, yeah maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Like, Henry's tone towards Charlene at all times is extremely condescending to me. And, uh, I, and, and Charlene, I thought, was playing up the naive angle. Yeah. But no. Because well, Bobby and Jimmy are, well, Bobby mostly is like, do you love? Do you really love him, or are you just in it for the money? And she, and that's when she was like, "Well, his father doesn't have anything, so yeah, I love him." Mm-hmm. I think she's still writing out until she can find a better option. Yeah. But you know, we don't get to see her have those thoughts because immediately after they have that money conversation, they're abducted by the yeah. convicts. But yeah, it, it definitely seems like okay. Yeah, this is what we're gonna do. And, it also helps to say that they don't have any money because that will hopefully be believed by Bobby and Jimmy and they'll be able to, you know, get away with minimal damage mm-hmm. financially and physically. Um, but 
Anyway, Jimmy is... Uh, he's on a rampage. Um, he wants Charlene really badly. And they decide to kill Henry. And so they pull over to this weird side of the... There's a lot of isolated, like, construction site locations and, you know, hills and Yeah, wherever... I mean, it's whatever. like in the deserts it's, it's of in, like, California. I think they're seeing, like, San Bernardino and yeah. something like that. Somewhere around those. But I don't know. aren't they going down to San Diego? Uh, they, they were talking about it. So that's one of the things, like, Bobby but then they said were... something on the phone, but he actually had other plans instead. Because he but knew initially that for this funeral... I don't know. Okay. I don't remember anymore. Because then they that's, end that's up That's one going... of the weird, like, unresolved subplots. Is like, if he's supposed to be on his way to the funeral, I mean, you would think that there might be people who are trying to contact them in some way. Or well, like, yeah, it's his you know, like, own what if we father's have a scene funeral. Of, yeah, like a brother or sister or any, any, any family, <laughs> Any family member. Just, you know, contact the cops and say, hey, he was supposed to be here, but he's not. Look out for this guy. And then that could help with the manhunt angle that they yeah. that they go for for a little bit and then just completely abandon. Or he could have called. Well, this is after he fell down that hill. I know he's like out for revenge right, right. then and there. He could have called someone. Well, he also like he... could have told the cops that were right there about the guy. Well, yeah. He chose not to in, in favor of revenge. Yeah. So... Instead, he does something that doesn't make sense plot-wise. He uses the phone book in the payphone in Carson City, because they're going to go down to San Diego where his mom is. I think. Maybe I'm wrong. No, maybe... they're going to San Diego for... And then okay. I thought eventually... the mom was also in San Diego, but maybe they're both in Carson City? The brother and the mom are both in Carson City? Yeah. Okay, and so then... never mind. It's not a plot hole. And calls the mom and gets the brother's address for the embassy. Yeah, he initially when Bobby calls his mom, which I thought was a weird call, because mm-hmm. I mean, so Bobby was in prison for like three years, three-ish years. Sure. I mean, that's what I thought Coyle said at some point. It's it's possible. And um. So he calls his mom, and the conversation is so nonchalant. He's like, yeah, the bus flipped, and now I'm going to Mexico. Just tell my brother I love him, because he's my brother. Right. (laughs) Tell my brother I love him, because he's my brother. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then that was... But wouldn't the mom be like... Aren't you supposed to be in jail? <laughs> well, that's the thing. Bobby knows that that's how his mom was. So just he, like he oh, called whatever. his mom to sort of throw everyone off the tracks because he knew that the mom was going to report him to the cops right away because that's what she does. We don't see it, but we hear it from Coyle later that you know, or the or the warden. I don't remember which one, but one of them basically says, "Yeah, we got the call from the mother to say he's heading towards San Diego. Let's get our guys that way." Yeah, because he lied to her. He was like, "Yeah, I'm going out of San Diego and then Mexico," but yeah. in reality, he's going back to to Carson City to his mom to get brother. revenge on his brother who yeah. set him up or put him away. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's it's a decoy call. Mm-hmm. It, it's meant, but to be. it's just like a really nonchalant conversation. Yeah, he, he is always very calm, cool, and collected. And he gives off this impression that he's one step ahead of everything. Um, 
I wish it went a little bit farther with that in terms of the plot. But, I mean, there's a lot of times where the suspense in this movie is mostly just because Bobby isn't talking. You know, Mm -hmm. like, there's that scene where he's about to take the shower, and he ties Charlene up and says, you know, take off your blouse, and he ties her up. Um, And you just sort of sit there watching the whole thing take place. Yeah, he's not saying anything. And Charlene's like, well, can you tell me what you're doing? Can you tell me what you're doing? And then after he's done, he's like, well, I'm going to go take a shower, and I want to make sure you're still here when I get back because he sent Henry off to do some other thing to buy yeah, tools. Yeah, to buy tools and clothes for him. But, um, so that's supposed to be like a sexual, you know, suspenseful scene. It's like, oh, is he going to take advantage of her? Are they going to, yeah. you know, is she going to get naked or whatever? Is, but you know, like, that's, those he are was the thoughts just like, no, I don't, yeah. Think. But he uses her shirt to tie her hands and right. I was like, she could have. That's easy. She could have just gotten out of that easily. Yeah. Unless he did some weird, like, fucked up knots where you can't do anything to get out of. Yeah, they don't but show she could have, like, it looked like it was... Untied that, called the cops, and escaped. There mm-hmm. was so many times where she could have... Not so many times. There was a few times where they could have gotten help. Oh, yeah. I mean, even in that situation where Henry is asked to go to the store to pick up tools like the hacksaw. Mm-hmm. You could easily ask for a phone or tell anybody along the way what was happening and where they were. Mm-hmm. Easily. Uh, there's another scene where he's asked to go do chores. There's a scene where she's asked to go buy stuff. Yeah. And in one case, she is surrounded by a couple cops who are esca- escorting her out of the store, um, which gives Bobby a pause for but she didn't say anything and i understand like the concept of you know fear yeah he even asked her somebody whatever yeah he even asked her he's like why didn't you tell those cops about me and she's like well i want to protect my husband yeah but i think at that point she was starting to get caught up in yeah by that point yeah by the the, yes right by that point like he because they did the gas station yeah they did the gas station thing and she he made Charlene help him yeah. steal money. By using by... a rag with gas to blow up the gas tank of another car that's just sort of sitting there, mm-hmm. unoccupied. And then while that blows up and everyone runs out to see what happens, he steals the money from the register. Yeah, and she gets, like, a high out of that. Yeah. So, I mean, after that, this she's sort of attracted to him now? Or she's attracted to what's going on yeah like she wants to there's the money and the danger yeah she wants to be a part of this now mm-hmm. and <laughs> like I mean... the the best scene is when so <laughs> they give henry sleeping pills to knock him out because you know henry's like now threatening bobby this is after, after, after another that, theft that they yeah, made. Yeah, another theft that happened where he's like, you guys take half and I'll I'll take this half. And he's like, no, I don't want any of this money. And Charlene's like, well, we earned it. Mm-hmm. And he was like, no, I'm not taking any of this money. And But she's like, but it's mine. <laughs> yeah. 
But they have like a little fight in front of Bobby. Mm-hmm. It was just awkward. Like, yeah, you promised me a new house, basically. And she's like, you promised me. And then he's like, don't do this now in front of this guy. <laughs> But, uh, so Bobby gives Henry sleeping pills to, like, you know, knock, he's like, uh, I'll give you three. He's like, usually four knocks you out, but I'll give you three or something. He's like, yeah, you can take three because I've taken four before and I've been okay. Yeah. But, yeah, it's probably less than three is the normal dose. But, yeah, Henry's a pharmaceutical rep, so these are samples he had in the trunk. That's where they got the pills. Mm Mm-hmm. And while Charlene is taking a shower and Henry is supposedly knocked out, you there's a scene where he spits out the pills. So he's not out. Mm-hmm. He's pretending to be out. And then Bobby, when Charlene comes out of the shower, Bobby's there just watching her. And that's when, this is the only uh, eroticism that happens. It's not even a really an erotic scene. I mean, maybe scene. The, the scene in the river was a little erotic because you have him shirtless <laughs> on the car and like they're in the water in their underwear and whatnot. I just thought that was weird. Like, so the, and then they have poor Henry doing everything with his car. Like their car needs The car some... breaks down, but we don't see the moment that it happens. We just cut to the fact you that You just it's... see Henry working on it and then there's like a nice spring nearby. And yeah. that's when Charlene's like, "Okay, well, I'm just going to get in... well, she doesn't get she's in her underwear and she's like, "I'm going to go in this river spring thing surrounded by all this out. seaweed." Yeah. And take a dip. And Bobby's just, like, standing and staring at her, like, pervily. Mm-hmm. And then when she comes out, it's like, wouldn't Henry be like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, that's what they confronted each... Yeah, that's what he confronted her about. It's like, hey, don't do that in front of him. But while she... I know he was too busy working on the car. <laughs> he was asked to walk six miles to the gas station. Mm. Which, again... This fucking guy. Doesn't get help while he's away at the gas station. I think he's just, like, afraid to. Because he doesn't want Charlene to get hurt. Yeah, and, like, while... In his mind, maybe. And the other part, like, when Bobby is beating up that guy in the bathroom to steal the $100,000 or whatever it is, like, Henry could have ran away. He easily could have just run away while they were beating each other up. And then they could have both, like, left. No, but the the wife was already in the car on the side of the building. So he could have just gotten her away. and ran off. He's like, hey, yeah, he's yeah, fighting. There's... He's distracted by this fight. Let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah. But she, she already, she's already at that point where she's like, no, I want, probably want to stay with Bobby. Yeah, he doesn't know that, but yeah. Uh, yeah, so there's that one erotic scene with them in the river, which that was weird. And then we have this where she comes out of the shower and Bobby's like, take off your towel basically and then she does and that's when they start (laughs) this is hilarious i don't know this is the most like hilarious scene 
where they just start making out and they're moaning. She's like, oh, Bobby, oh, Bobby. And then you they pan over and you see Henry with this, like, horrified look on his face. Like, <laughs> like He's, like, silent he, crying in the corner like, silently, while like, like, doing each other on yeah, the bed. Yeah, but wouldn't you want to, like, just be like, what the fuck? Like, why couldn't you just stop it? He doesn't want them to know that he's not awake. not knocked out. Yeah, but he could have uh, he, uh, he could have taken the gun. I know there was a point where he did take the gun. Mm-hmm. And she could have taken the gun while he was dipping in the river. While, yeah, while she was, was looking the at the gun. While but decided not to because there were so many times. You know, that's that's again like she was already sort of on his side. Yeah, there was like many times where they could have either killed Bobby or like ran away or gotten help. Mm-hmm. But that scene was like, I don't know, hilarious. She's just like, oh, Bobby, oh, Bobby. And then they just move to the bed and they're like having sex like two feet away from poor Henry. Yeah. <laughs> Even if you are knocked out, couldn't you just hear that i don't know i've never taken sleeping pills to that degree or whatever at all honestly but yeah Uh, (laughs) i'm just like that's that's traumatized like this is like he's traumatized (laughs) i don't know it's just like the next few days for henry are just traumatizing for him well even i mean his father died (laughs) Yeah, we're he's just kind of dealing like with his dead. I know, like, and he then he's got his wife like turning on him, and then sleeping with someone else like two feet away from him, <laughs> and <laughs> it's like he doesn't even like the next morning he doesn't even like say anything. No, like, so what you guys do last night while I passed out? Yeah, I don't think but, so. But uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. But that's when, you know, that's when they were going to kill him. I think they didn't do anything like like that because um, it was shortly after they did each other, Bobby and Charlene did each other, that Coyle comes in and she shoots him. Because she's she's naked in the bed with a sheet over her and, and the gun underneath the sheet and, and kills Yeah, Clark. the next so morning... So they don't really have a chance to say, hey, what'd you do last night? Like, you know, there's I, a gunfight. Okay. Like, okay, we gotta get out of here Yeah, right now. okay, yeah. The next morning, they're naked in the bed and Henry's still it's sleeping? That, no, it's that same night. Isn't oh, it? I thought it was, like, like while, early morning. Like, while they're having sex, there's, like, intercut scenes of Coil, like, coming up to the motel. Oh, okay. Because there's, there's this whole subplot... Well, okay. Coil is, like, the guy who shot the black prisoner in cold blood and now he wants to try to find these people there's a warden who's in the pic- picture played by ferris bueller's dad <laughs> lyman ward mm-hmm. um yeah he's, he doesn't even name he's just warden he's just warden he's in several other 1991 movies we'll talk about him again later but he also he also was in one episode of wiou lyman oh, okay. ward was but anyway you know miss ferris bueller's dad uh this gave me oz vibes which part just when they confronted that other prisoner, the oh, the yeah. roommate of Bobby. Well, the other prisoner JJ. kind of looks like 
someone uh, from Oz, like yeah. a prisoner in Oz. Yeah, the the brother... because they have a white power. There, that was like the whole. You look like the brother of Ryan O'Reilly. Oh, or the cousin. I don't know the the one who played um, mentally handicapped. I think they were cousins, oh, but I thought they were brothers. I think they're brothers in real life, but they played cousins in the show. Well, whichever. This one was or vice by... <laughs> versa. I don't know. It's been a while. This one was played by a guy named Eric Bruscotter, who was in Six Feet Under and uh, one episode of Sports Night and I Starship Troopers, Major League Two and Three. Um, he's a, he's a big dude, big blonde dude. Uh, he kind of looks like the guy, the the weird dude in Necessary Roughness in the bar fight as well because oh, he has like the yeah, he's big just chiseled like a big, jaw yeah he's just hair. like a big giant he looked like a football player or yeah. something but anyway Coyle goes to see JJ who was the roommate of Bobby in prison and says hey where did this guy go if if you give me information I'll let you you know I'll put in a good word for your parole or whatever and JJ gives him bad info and so Mr. White Power has to go now to the uh, the non-white cell block of the prison for giving bad info and that's yeah. like the end of that scene and that just reminded me of Oz yeah but there's yeah there's this whole subplot of like the warden mm-hmm. and other cops who are trying to find them and set up like a manhunt and roadblocks and all this other kind of stuff and, and that just kind of goes nowhere and Coyle just takes it upon himself to do his own investigative work because he's basically saying oh well I got hit hard in that bus crash so I'm gonna you know take some personal days and then he just goes off and does his own lone wolf investigation and, and he tracks him down yeah and and so like as they're doing each other coil is you know basically right outside the door and so you know virtually right after they're done um well she takes Bobby his is like gun near henry yeah yeah well yeah charlene is like can i have your gun and they she wants to whole... use it as like part of like the sexual play yeah and he's like, okay, because he trusts her. Yeah, he's like, that's what he said. He's like, I trust you. And she's like, do you really trust me? And she's like pointing the gun like at his neck and his chest and his head, like yeah, saying seductive things to him, and he's getting turned on. And the coil busts through the <laughs> While door. While Henry is supposedly passed out in a corner. And coil busts through the... And they're having sexy talk. Yeah. <laughs> And so Coyle busts through the door with a shotgun, points it at Bobby, point-blank range, and says multiple times, like, you're dead, you're dead, you're dead, I got you, you're dead, stuff like that. But he says it for so long and doesn't shoot, but Charlene does through the sheets. Yeah. Doesn't know that Coyle's a cop. Thinks that it's one of the, the um... Like another The drug runners that they stole oh. money from at the, at, at that other restaurant. Yeah. Um, and so now they're... And then Bobby's yeah, like, what the fuck did you do? That's a, a cop. Oh, no, Bobby's cool with it. Because <laughs> well, that helps him he, get away. Well, but then he <laughs> was like, you killed Henry's a cop. Like, yeah, yeah, but he's not like saying, oh, no, you killed a cop. He's like, yeah, you did it. Good job. Well, because he shows, yeah. I mean, he wasn't like. He wasn't upset about it. Yeah, that. he wasn't upset about it. But he was like, look, you killed a cop. And he, he shows her his badge. And that's like. Yeah, Henry's like, what did you do? Out. Why did you do that? And that's when Henry's like... And Charlene's like, well, I thought it was one of those guys coming back for the money. And, like, Bobby's like, he wouldn't have known anything about the money. Look, he's a cop. Yeah. So. But then this, oh. the next, that's when they're... 
they uh, take Henry, Bobby and Charlene take Henry to the woods. Yeah. Because Henry's just like, why don't you just shoot me here? Like, he knows that they want to kill him. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. And they get into a fight yeah, near I mean, that. They're both standing on this hill, and there's a yeah. really good opportunity for Henry to just push Bobby down the hill and get away. But he's the and one. And he doesn't that... for a long time yeah. until Bobby's able to anticipate it coming, and then they start to have a fight. And then Bobby wins, and Henry's rolling down the hill and, and knocked unconscious from the whole affair. Yeah. Again, knocked on, you know. By the way, if you're wondering where Jimmy is in this whole situation, we kind of started that story. Um, they were going to take Henry to this open field, you know, desert location to kill Henry. But Bobby instead kills Jimmy, shoots him in the head. I thought for sure that Jimmy was going to come back at some point and play a role in the plot. But they show him, you know. What do you mean? He's dead. Well, I didn't know that because they just show him being shot in the dark and falling over. They didn't show a headshot. You only saw saw the headshot when the cops find him later on when they're doing their own manhunt. So I thought maybe he survived the gunshot and would come and get revenge as well and sort of, you know. I thought... That he died right away. Yeah. I, I don't know. I assumed he was going to come back. And also just because it's a, well, I guess now a bigger name actor. I mean, out of all of these, <laughs> and besides like Edward Herman, like John Hawks is probably the most Probably famous, the most successful. Or, yeah. Well known now. Yeah. So John Hawks played Jimmy and yeah, very, very small role. So that's why Jimmy's not along for this ride, is that he gets killed very early on as well by Bobby. Which I think, you know, it makes sense to set up the fear of the couple, right? It's like, okay, you got this guy who's... They don't know what he did in prison. Um, I think the newscast later tells them that he was arrested for attempted murder, and he murdered somebody in prison as well. Mm -hmm. And now, obviously, they saw him kill Jimmy, so they know he's dangerous, and doesn't care so that adds to the fear aspect but yeah, anyway henry's pushed down the hill later on and then bobby and charlene just get in the car and go away henry is woken up by the symbolism of a crow pecking at his wedding ring <laughs> this is so i don't know some of these things are so cheesy yeah, I mean, it doesn't beat you over the head with it, I guess, but I mean, it could have been I mean, it could have been worse, but yeah, it was, yeah, of all the things. Um, I mean, I mean, there's a good plot progression here. Like, there's yeah, I mean, scenes, it's, you know, it's not... at this point where he's like, okay, I'm fucking out for revenge. So when he gets up from that fall, unscathed, virtually unscathed, <laughs> yes, and um. He just finds the nearest payphone, calls the mom to find out where they live, the mom, Bobby's mom, mm-hmm. to find out where the family lives in Carson City, and because they know, I mean, he knows that that's he where pretends, Bobby and Charlene are going to go next. Yeah, he pretends to know Billy, who is Bobby's brother, mm-hmm. because that's where they, they plan to set up an ambush. Bobby and, and Charlene plan to ambush Billy and kill him. And they have a, Bobby and Charlene had this plan, 
And, you know, this was, like, a really (laughs) fucked up thing. Yeah. So Charlene, like, Bobby tells Charlene to, you know, go seduce her brother. Yeah, and bring him back home. And bring him back home. But that goes south, and she gets, like, sexually assaulted. In the back room of the bar. But she's, she's, like... She keeps on saying, hey, let's go back, let's go back to your place, let's go back to your place, and Billy's like, no, I just gotta have you now. Yeah, but I'm assuming that they did have... He had sex with her. Yeah. And she... They don't fully show, but yes. They don't show her, and I was like... Jesus Christ. Yeah, and I was like, this is horrible. Because, like, you must really want this fucking money. Or, I don't even know, like, to... uh, It's the sweet poison. Whatever the title's supposed to mean, that's the closest you That whole scene, like, that's fucked up to me. They treat, like, this life of crime as, you know... A drug. It's like a well, reefer madness type. Yeah, of she was thing. just like, like, oh, once let's you get go to your place. Let's go to your place. Yeah, you know. I know. But she's just like, let's go to your place. Let's go to your place. And he's like, no, I gotta have you now because I'm gonna go to work after this or something. Well, yeah, after after, after they, they do, do each have other, sex, then he's you know she's still trying to get him to go back to your place for like another round or something like that. It's like, hey, well, let's go back and let's let's you know spend the night together. And he's like, you can go if, like you know you're gonna be spending a long night because. I got a night shift job right now mm-hmm. that I got to get to, and, you know, I'm already late for, so thanks a lot. Here's 30 other guys who could take you home if you want some. That was just, like, messed up. Yeah. And then she leaves alone. I don't know. I felt, I was, like, scared. Well, she came alone. I know she came alone. I'm scared. And then <laughs> she left alone, like, violated to go to this fucking house and then she's like your fucking brother and then during all that that's when she sees Henry yeah and there's like a whole fight between Bobby and Henry yeah which is a good fight i mean both yeah of, both of the major fight sequences the one that's in the bathroom um and this one in the house there's some really hard smashes of stuff I'm yeah sure so billy's going to come home and be like what the fuck yeah <laughs> All this stuff. But also, you know... See He's going to see his dead brother. See his dead brother, because Henry eventually stabs him in the stomach. And the way Bobby dies... <laughs> it's like... He makes this, like, smirk. And he's like, oh, you got me. And yeah, he like, just, like, one, slumps basically. over. Yeah. And then he... And then Henry starts burning the money. Which is weird. Like, okay, I understand the concept of... fucking go! We don't need it. But yeah, one, first, just get the fuck out of the crime scene area. Get the cops. But two, give the money. Like, you gotta return the money to the cops. You know? Like, it's like, hey, this was part of a crime that this guy committed. I'm doing the right thing here as well to, you know, reduce whatever sentence I might be subject to for my part in this if there's anything. You know what I mean? Like, you can... uh, Whatever. But the whole point of that is to basically tell Charlene, hey, look, I was lying about my dad's tax problems. I do have money. I just was testing you. Mm-hmm. And you failed miserably. <laughs> and then the next scene is them getting a divorce as part of, like, the will reading. Yeah, I mean, that's a good <laughs> scene. I mean, the and then her response, her reaction to it, she's like, what? And then... 
that's the end. That's I mean, the end. Like Henry gets all of this fortune from his father's stores that I don't even know what stores they are. I don't know. He has a bunch of retail stores, the like West, 20 something locations. From the West Coast region or something. Yeah. And he's now in charge. So, it, happy ending? I don't know. I mean, for him? I guess. Like, none of. It, and she gets and nothing? Like, the cops don't come back? Like, we don't see the warden or anyone else involved in the whole situation. Well, he's There's no, like, like, resolution to say, hey, thank you for your help, or sorry this happened to you. None of those types of scenes. Well, he's like, if you sign these divorce papers, I won't tell the cops about you. Right. So, they, why would they tell the cops, though? But, why wouldn't they say, hey, we were kidnapped by these people and all this. Because maybe Charlene would have, There has to be some evidence that they were there or part of it. I mean... Yeah, I know, because if he stabbed Bobby... The records of the car and that's how Coyle found them. Uh, Yeah, I understand that. And they would have had records of that same car being in the motel where Coyle was dead. (laughs) So, you know, there's there's a lot of stuff that points to them. Yeah, we don't see anything about... Like, Billy finding Bobby's dead body, or, yeah, people finding Coyle's dead body. Yeah, or the cops, yeah, doing anything. Well, I think maybe Bobby's dead, and they're like, uh, whatever. It's just a couple scenes to have, again, Ferris Bueller's dad, and then also Noble Willingham come back as a sheriff, which we already saw in Career Opportunities, as basically performing the same role, trying to find a missing person by driving around town. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's it's the same type of a thing here. There's just a couple scenes with no resolution. But that's, I mean, that's kind of a minor thing. I mean, for a low-budget movie, for something like this that basically was direct-to-video, maybe it was made for TV, either way, I mean, it's... It's not bad. It's, yeah, it's not bad. It's it's much better than I expected it to be, and it progressed well. Like, every, you know, I yeah. was never bored at any given time. Oh, Yeah. You know, if we're talking like sexual thrillers, it would be nice to have a little more sexuality I mean, in this I, whole thing. Yeah, I would watch this movie over Kiss Before Dying. Oh, sure. It'd be nice to have a smarter female character in this. I thought she was just like playing the role of a naive person and she was going to like turn on somebody at any given time. Or like, you know, well, I thought that like, Bobby by, she like, was just going to go off with Bobby and they were going to live in Mexico together, like being like a Bonnie and Clyde type thing. Yeah. That's what I thought what was going to happen. But I mean, yeah, she was just never a smart person, which was a little disappointing. But I mean... I like the character of Bobby. He seemed to be somewhat of the smartest of the three. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> if you're adding Coyle, I think Coyle is probably slightly smarter because he was able to track them down and kind of play this duel. You know, like he's a cop, you know, crooked cop and whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> and not terrible acting, but yeah, just not... Moment to moment, scene to scene, there's problems. But good actors with not the best acting that makes sense mm-hmm. I think we covered pretty much everything right yeah so let's quickly talk about some of the casting crew we got Brian Grant as the director like I said he's primarily a music video director worked with some major names such as Queen Stevie Nicks Elvis Costello Duran Duran Van Halen does virtually if not all of Olivia Newton-John's music videos uh, had Cable Ace nominations for a variety program for Olivia in concert um, and also directing a musical special, Olivia Down Under. 
He was Grammy nominated for a music video short form, which I didn't know was a thing. Um, so for the music video for Tiny, Tina Turner's Private Dancer, he was Grammy nominated for that video. And he's also going to direct another 1991 movie called Love Kills. We'll see how different that is. Walter Klenhart uh, is going to write the 1991 movies Lies of the Twins and Dead in the Water. Along with this, he does a lot of these types of TV movie, you know, things. Right now, he does a lot of work for the Hallmark Channel, so that kind of <laughs> leads to your hmm. interpretation. He does stuff called Picture Perfect Mysteries and Garage Sale Mysteries, which I think would have stored, starred uh, Lori Laughlin. <laughs> okay. So, Stephen Bauer is Bobby. Golden Globe nominated actor for Scarface and also Drug Wars The Camarena Story. A Saturn nomination for his guest spot work in Breaking Bad. He plays Don Eladio in that and also in, in uh, Better Call Saul. Uh, he's Avi and Ray Donovan for 60 episodes. He's been in things like Traffic, Gleaming the Cube, Body Count, Primal Fear, Pit Fighter, a lot of, you know, schlocky directed video stuff, but also some good stuff theatrical releases in between and he'll be in a couple more 1991 movies a climate for killing and also false arrest edward herman we already talked about his credentials uh patricia healy this was her first role she's done a lot of minor roles since then so in such movies as heat bodyguard theodore rex uh, she was in bless this house which is a tv sitcom starring andrew dice clay in 1995 and she's also been in a couple other movies like ultraviolet and china moon pruitt taylor vince played cole I think he's probably my favorite actor in this production. Um, he's an Emmy winner for his guest spot in Murder One, where he probably played the murderer. If I had to guess, he plays a lot he of plays bad like guys. A dick. Yeah. Yeah, he almost always plays the dick. I think in Heroes Reborn, he played something of a good guy. Maybe I don't know. It's kind of ambiguous. He's going to be in the 1991 movies Dead in the Water and JFK, but he's known for things like Mississippi Burning, Wild at Heart, Jacob's Ladder, City Slickers Two, Deadwood. And for like a two-episode stint where he played Otis in The Walking Dead, one of those first couple seasons there. Uh, John Hawks is, again, probably the most successful person in this cast list. Oscar nominated for Winter's Bone, Spirit Wind for Winter's Bone and The Sessions, Golden Globe nomination for The Sessions, and he was also uh, Spirit nominated for Martha Marcy May Marlene. He's um, also been in Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, Eastbound and Down, Deadwood, Risk Cutter's Love Story. Me and You and Everyone We Know, I think, was the first time I learned about him. And that was, like, in 2004, but he's been around forever. Um, and he'll also be in a couple of additional 1991 movies, The Rape of Dr. Willis, and also Scary Movie. So that's our, that's our cast. We did watch the VHS, but there was no previews, unfortunately. Yeah, it sucks. It's always disappointing. Maybe the... Uh, Deadly Desire is $30 because it has previews. <laughs> uh, no awards to speak of. I can't say I'm surprised, but like we said, it was on USA Up All Night a couple times. So we can move on to true crime and pop culture. Okay, so this movie was released on June 12, 1991, which was a Wednesday, and this was two days before Kickboxer 2 was released. Okay. So I'm not, I'm skipping music, but I'm going to go, I'm going to talk about something music related. All right. But 
on this day, sports-wise, it was the NBA Finals. Okay. Chicago Bulls beat the LA La- the LA Lakers 108 to 101 in game 5 for the first three straight titles. So this is that's what I would have been watching. This is the first of the first the of first six. three Pete. Yeah. The first of six and the first of the first three. Yes. And the MVP was Michael Jordan yep. in his first NBA Finals appearance. That was on the NBC. The neighborhood went crazy when yeah. that happened. There was 19.7 million people watching. On ABC, there was an international, the International Rock Awards. That was on from 9.30 to 11 p.m. And I had to look this up because I've never even heard of this award. And the International International Rock Awards was a United States music awards ceremony meant to honor the top musicians in rock music, obviously. So it's basically like a pre-Rock and Roll Hall of Fame thing? Yeah. Or is it like current year? The awards... Yeah, they were from they were on ABC for only three years, so 1991 was the last year. It was 1989 to 1991, and it was an attempt to build up to the Grammy Awards. Okay. Which, okay, but it failed to attract sufficient viewers to remain successful. So, but when I was looking... There's like one website that I found. I couldn't find any of the winners, but on this website, it's called concerts.fandom.com. The the awards were held in London, and it was hosted by Leslie Nielsen. Huh. Some of the presenters were Rick Astley, Bo Diddley, Duran Duran... Bob Geldof, Jasmine Guy, Chrissy Hine, Benny King, the Moody Blues. You had um, Johnette Napolitano. She's the lead singer of Concrete Blonde. And then there was Lisa Stansfield. (laughs) And Princess Stephanie of Monaco. (laughs) And then you have Steve Vai. These were the presenters. Performers include the Doobie Brothers... Faith No More, The Scorpions, Roxette, Sting, and ZZ Top. At least there's some variety there. Yeah. And uh, some of the nominees, they, I didn't see any. I couldn't find the winner except for the end. Pete, so- Pete Townsend was the winner of the, quote, Living Legend Award. Mm. Some of the nominees for Album of the Year include The Black Crows, Phil Collins, In Excess, Jane's Addiction, Living Color, and Neil Young and Crazy Horse. And then ZZ Top received a Video Legend Award. Mm. So that didn't do well. (laughs) (laughs) So that was the end of that. And then... Going on to our commercial. 900 commercial, which yes. is 
So for, for I found another one nine hundred number commercial that I will play, and you know this is just for the month of our USA Up All Night theme because like two or three of them per break. Yes. So if you are watching this movie, you may have seen this nine hundred number commercial. This one is called The Singles Connection. Hi. Come closer. Closer. I've been waiting to hear from you. Why not call the Singles Connection right now and get in touch with America's hottest singles? The Singles Connection. For adults over 18. Let's get personal right away. Call the Singles Connection now. You never know where it might lead. Go ahead. I'm waiting. So that one actually says in a corner it's 1991 so that was a 91 commercial and then they didn't say how much it was but there was a little thing on it that says three dollars per minute and several of them have like minute minimums i don't know if all of them do but we've come across a couple yeah in in like very tiny writing yeah so yeah you never know where it might lead Nowhere. It's going to lead nowhere. It's going to lead to a large phone bill. I mean, there's... Yeah. And there's, like... There's one that I really want to play, but it's, like... Not sexy at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one nine hundred cry or whatever. <laughs> well, we don't know for sure if it's 1991. No, so it's. I don't think funny. it is. I just saw that and I was like, that's something I would call. <laughs> but yeah, go on YouTube and look up the one nine hundred cry number. Like that. <laughs> that one's great. Yeah, there's a lot of. There's so many. You know unusual and super specific 1-900 numbers from the, oh yeah i mean know, yeah the like the psychic network was huge yeah like in um winona writer's character in um reality bites do you remember barely like, like she gets like really this is where she's like can't get a job so she becomes like super depressed and she's just like in their apartment and she's calling the psychic network and just on the phone for hours and hours racking up like their phone bills mm-hmm. and then like her roommate gets like pissed off at her okay and she's like on the phone crying to a psychic network uh so we'll move on to rankings and ratings i guess um on your one to five star scale where are you going to put sweet poison uh, i mean i'm gonna give this a two yeah, on my zero to four star scale, I'm actually going to go a little bit higher than you. I'm going to say it's a two and a half stars. Because, I, again, I I wasn't bored. I thought it was, you know, yeah, it's, decent and moved along pretty well. Yeah, it's okay. The plot made sense. Like, yeah, we talked about all the different times that they could have gone and found somebody. But, you know, just explain that away by saying they're too afraid to make those moves. And everything that happens in this... it. Yeah, I get it. I get it. So, um... Not the type of... I mean, I want, like, a good erotic thriller for once in my life. <laughs> I think The Deadly Desires would have been more erotic. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I know we, we this... didn't trade up in that respect, but in overall film quality, we probably got a better movie here. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe it's just, we'll like, the cover of this looks like, you know, you see her, like, seducing the guy... 
And it makes you think that it's an erotic thriller. Yeah. Yeah, they're trying to lean into her sexuality a lot, but they didn't take advantage of that in the movie as much as I think both of us would have liked, I guess. I don't know. Uh, If you... uh, Every movie is worth watching once. Would you watch this again? Yeah, I mean, if they ever did another USA Up All Night and this one that was on... Yeah, sure. I don't. I don't know how else I would watch the movie because I'm not gonna. I wouldn't pop in the VHS ever again. Probably not. No. Um, But I mean, yeah. Again, I didn't hate it. It's just like I want to see something else. There's these (laughs) movies are a dime a dozen, and so I'd rather see the other eleven. Yeah. uh, The dozen. Mm Hmm. But yeah, it's it's not bad, and yeah, if it was on some sort of like a late night TV thing, and or an MST3K type of a scenario or something like that, then sure, yeah. But that's probably not going to happen. If you out there want to watch Sweet Poison as of this recording, and on, in September 2022, it's available only on VHS, but it's pretty cheap. Uh, but as always, check your local listings as that could change. You can listen to us on all of your major podcasting platforms. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. You can email us at 1991movierewind at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, and YouTube. Just search 1991movierewind. Or go to 1991movierewind.com for the full list of movies along with show notes and more. Next week, we're closing out our USA Up All Night extravaganza. We've done the quirky. We've done the funny. We've done, you know, the sex comedy, the erotic thriller. It's time to do horror. We're doing 976 Evil 2. That's available on Hoopla, Digital Rental, VHS, or DVD. We will see you then. Thanks.